It is believed by some that gay porn serves two purposes, validating and legitimizing gay culture. But let's go a step further and say gay porn also serves the purpose of documenting, historicizing them for future generations. Let's stop pretending we don't watch porn, and let's talk about it more to further educate each other about the context of pornography in our society. This is Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is Ike Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped to get off. Before we continue, I want to remind you to help this channel by clicking the subscribe button and selecting the bell icon for notifications to see more content like this. Whether you'd like to believe it or not, gay porn, gay erotica, gay hardcore, whatever you feel comfortable calling it, has made life bearable for millions of gay men. If you look at the bigger picture, these videos serve as examples of history beyond the limits of academia. And the funny thing is, for most people who created these films, it was never a conscious effort. This is not a conscious effort by the pornographer. It is inadvertent. The viewer at the present time will not be aware of the historical or political ramifications of that which they are seeing. Popular memory is an object of study. It is the social production of memory. The different ways in which a sense of both the past and the present is constructed by and within a culture and smaller communities. Dominant memory is the production of memory by a governing social order. Most social movements appropriate and recodify the language of an existing dominant social order they wish to change. Therefore, as gay men are constructed on the basis of sex and sexuality, they must necessarily take those constructions and remake them in their own terms. Most Americans are repelled by the mere notion of homosexuality. The CBS News survey shows that two out of three Americans look upon homosexuals with disgust, discomfort, or fear. As gay people, having or rewriting history that includes us is not something foreign to us. We construct our pasts through autobiographies, letters, art, photography, and yes, pornography. Gay pornography is the most underestimated and misunderstood manifestation of gay impulse memory. Having gained momentum by the landmark Supreme Court ruling against obscenity laws and the 1969 Stonewall riots, gay pornography was just one of the paths the gay liberation movement took. Producing, owning, and viewing porn was the right of any straight man. Now it was also the right of a gay man. While still in its infancy, this was a big step forward in legitimizing and making visible gay sexual practices. I'd like to begin with a fact, a simple yet shocking fact. It is this, a flood tide of filth is engulfing our country in the form of newsstand obscenity and is threatening to pervert an entire generation of our American children. We know that once a person is perverted, it is practically impossible for that person to adjust to normal attitudes in regard to sex. Pornography is a politically charged word that has been worn out by political demagogues. Combine pornography with being gay or homosexuality, and now you have what was termed crimes against nature. And then we come to a terribly sad indictment of our society. 
the so-called physique group of publications. These magazines with a homosexual viewpoint and poses are often not understood by many youngsters who take them as instruction of body development. But psychiatrists believe that prolonged exposure of even the normal male adult to this type of publication, though he may not be aware of its true nature, will nevertheless pervert. Gay pornography is an object of study that can be read by both gays and non-gays as a cultural document. As a political practice, it reshapes, reformulates, and makes you rethink gay male culture and its role in society. Pornography makes gay men visible. It documents the state of sexual existence gay men enjoy. Also, an important aspect of all this, scratch any surface of any male nude or video, and chances are you will find a queer artist. Much of the male nude photography and videos that survived from the late 19th century and early 20th century are not in public libraries. Rather, they are in museums, institutes, and in the hands of private collectors. Due to much of gay history pointing to homosexuality as a crime, having this material in your possession was criminal with jail time or career suicide. In fact, there are many accounts of wealthy men who were private collectors, and when their collections were found, they would take their own lives in order to save themselves from humiliation. Their collections, when found, were not infrequently burned. This is not to say that images of nudity in general were not looked down on. However, when it comes to gay eroticism, the problem is compounded with homophobia. Many historians who researched the history of erotica during the 1800s, more specifically gay erotica, have to explore unique aspects of gay and other invisible and stigmatized subcultures. Most important, the closet. The closet was created by the very people who anonymously and secretly traded such erotica in order to cover their tracks for fear of being ostracized socially and legally. There were erotic photographers who thought of their work as art, but could still pay the price for images deemed obscene. If and when they were discovered, they were under constant watch and scrutiny. The early filmmakers experimenting with the new medium would also be held to the standard of what was art and what was obscene. Of course it was a different time, but it's sad to think that as pioneers, whoever they are, they paid the price of the unknown. Depictions of gay erotica date back to the start of civilization, but what film has the distinct honor of being known as the first gay pornographic movie? That honor would go to a short film, most likely released in 1929, called The Surprise of a Night. There is one movie before this, called La Ménage Moderne du Madame Butterfly, pardon my French, which features a blowjob between one man and another man, but the context of the scene is depicted as the deviance of a heterosexual man. The Surprise of a Night is a silent film written by Oscar Wilde, a clever pseudonym at a time when almost no one in this production would put their real names anywhere on the finished product. In fact, because of the illegality of hardcore pornographic films in the U.S. during the 1920s and 30s, none of the producers of these early pornographic productions are identifiable. After searching endlessly online for this film, I found web pages describing the film's plot. 
the surprise of a night opens with an elegantly attired woman, in quotes, with short hair dressing up for a visitor. She lifts her skirt to reveal a thick patch of pubic hair. An intertitle reveals the screenwriter is Oscar Wilde. The lady goes into a drawing room and offers a well-dressed man, the knight, a drink. He refuses and she has a cocktail. They talk briefly before passionately kissing. But whenever the knight puts his hands on the lady's breast or genitals, she pushes his hands away. Finally, she slaps him but later apologizes and starts to perform oral sex on the knight. The lady then lies face down on the sofa with her ass in the air. The knight has anal sex with her, although no penetration can be seen. After about a minute, the knight stops and sits back on the sofa. The lady is still face down, ass up, and the knight anally penetrates her again. The knight has an orgasm and then walks off camera. The lady stands up and raises her skirt to reveal she's really a man. The film's second and final intertitle announces, surprise, his penis is exposed. Then the man in drag dances briefly, bobbing his penis up and down in the air. The knight is then seen again on camera and helps the man in drag get out of his clothing. The knight dances with the nude young man, and after a jump cut, the lady is now dressed in business attire, winks at the audience, and walks off screen. By today's standards, this may seem tame and wouldn't get anyone off. But at the time the surprise of a night was made, you could face jail time for producing, starring, distributing, or even watching it. Film theorists and historians who have studied the surprise of a night have said the film is fraught with interpretational difficulties, saying the costume spectacle either steals the show or is a grotesque distraction considering people that were watching the film knew what kind of film they would be watching. The use of drag in The Surprise of a Night has also been said to alienate the audience that would have gone to see it at the time, since no one in the audience would be dressed in drag. There's always a critic, right? But they may be right. This film does not depict gay men on screen and can be seen as reaffirming heteronormativity and negative stereotypes of gay men and gay sex. The Surprise of the Night is an exception to the norm of stag films, in which the receptive partner in same-sex anal sex is typically perceived as victimized or punished. The following year, a stiff game would be released, which is now officially the first gay interracial porn film where a black man and a white man have oral sex. If you would like to watch The Surprise of a Night, it is available to view by appointment at the Kinsey Institute, but only if you're a scholar. We are well beyond the days of persecution and ostracization on the mere grounds of having nude imagery in your personal collections and on your hard drives, as long as they're not illegal, of course. We may have lost elite avant-garde imagery and collections to time, but since then, the era of social and political visibility, legal and political legitimacy, the breakdown of censorship, the reacceptance of the male nude in the mainstream, the advent of the internet where images and videos are mass-produced and shared over and over and over, hopefully, we can reconstruct and create a new history of gay eroticism without sexism or homophobia. With all that being said, let's demystify gay porn. You've been listening to Demystifying Gay Porn. I am your host, Ike Grande. Demystifying Gay Porn can be found on every podcast directory, as well as YouTube. Demystifying Gay Porn is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Telegram, 
And if you like what you're listening to and want to be a part of the process, head over to patreon.com backslash demystifyinggayporn, where you can help support this podcast so I can continue to make content like this. Once again, this is Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is Ike Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped to get off. Cheers. Cheers.